Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And this is going to get progressively sadder as the podcast goes because we're going to end with ASU basketball. Right, right. But we're going to start with the NFL playoffs. And, and Matt, Saturday last week was not your day. No, well, half Sunday wasn't. We tempted, I, I we I... tempted fate by, <laughs> by touting how great you had been. About Clemson, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking. I think in our game picks, I got the first two on wild card Saturday, and then I went five in a row uh, wrong. But I finally, I finally broke through and got the Saints barely over the Eagles. Uh, but yeah, I, I went zero and two wild card Sunday, and then uh, my my uh, leap to take the road teams did not work out. Um, you know, I, I probably fell into the trap that many times we do, which is you know you see these wild card teams that weekend, and you think. Boy, they look good, and you forget how good the you know the teams that earned buys are, and you're like, ah, yeah, the Colts—they're playing well. They're going to beat the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs are better, and they proved that over 16 games. And you know, you, you probably get seduced by what you last saw. So now we get freezing cold Arrowhead for uh, the Patriots' eighth consecutive trip to the NFC or AFC title game. Yeah, yeah, and then we get. A rematch of Rams and Saints, where last time all they did was score, score, score. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of these games in the regular season were uh, 80, 80 plus, I believe, or, or you know, eighty or more. I think the Rams uh, Saints was forty five thirty five, and the Chiefs Patriots was forty three forty. So yeah, they they uh, each have played once before. Um, the Chiefs played in New England. The Rams Saints was in New Orleans, as it will be again, but. Uh, you know, you, you expect by this time of year, and we've seen it, um, you know, these, these uh, you know, high-scoring games, they come down to earth a little bit. I mean, the, you know, the Saints-Eagles was 20-14, to 14 and, the, you know, the Chiefs got to 31, but, you know, they, they scored 24 in the first half, and then, uh, you know, kind of, you don't score as easily in the playoffs. Teams are better. They're more prepared. They've, they've you know, they've figured out what you do well. And the I don't weather is worse. game. The weather's worse in the case of, of Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, um, won't, won't be a factor in New Orleans, but I don't expect either game to match the number of points from the time before. I'd be surprised if they did. Um, but I also, you know, I wouldn't expect it to be uh, fourteen to ten either. I mean, uh, the, these are the these are, I believe, statistically the four best offenses from the season. So they're going to put up their share of points. I'm sure. I think we should just go straight to picks. Okay. I'm taking both home teams. I think that okay. I think that I'm more confident in the Saints beating the Rams. Yeah. Than I am yeah. about the Chiefs beating the Pats. But I'm going to take both. Um, I, I think that the Saints are just more mature, and, and it mm-hmm. feels like one of those things where if it was the NBA, you would say, "Well, of course that's how it works." You know, the Rams. This is the the next step. They've made it to the title game, uh, and Kinda I think feels like it. and I think yeah. they're still a year or two away from the final step. Right, and that is possible. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, you know you made the case last week that the reason you picked the Saints was because of home field, and it certainly played a factor. You know, as the game wore along, uh, I think you can make the same case this week. Um, you know, this it's a great home field advantage. Um, I just, you know, when it comes down to it, and they, they played okay last week, but I don't trust that Rams defense. I just don't. Uh, I, I, you know, 
I just don't trust them to get stop after stop after stop. And, you know, I think they'll put up some points. I don't think they're going to get shut out. But when it comes down to it, um, for as many all-stars, you know, type of players as they've got on defense, they they haven't really produced a great defense this year. Um, and I don't trust them to be able to do it this time. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on both. I mean, um, I'm not picking the Patriots. Just out of mere your, principle. Your uh, conscience will not allow that to happen. Right, right. Because they don't have uh, Tua. If the Patriots draft Tua in a, in two <laughs> years, which well, I think it, is on the table. I mean, it, it might be. You know, if Brady went away, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the number one reason I hate them is Brady. Um, and, and if he wasn't there anymore, I don't know how I would feel about them. But uh, I don't, I mean, not that I like Belichick, but, you know, coach is a coach, basically. I mean, he is what he is. What he is. You know, Brady is the one that just I can't stand. Um, so who knows? Maybe. But, yeah, I, I will not pick the Patriots. Um, you know, you can throw out all the reasons in the world why you should be nervous about the Chiefs. Franchise history. Uh, Andy you know, Reid's history. Andy Reid's history. Um, which is a little bit unfair, I'll say. I mean, God, you know. Well, I, I, the thing is, I come down on that uh, of the – it's kind of a crapshoot when you get there. If you're good enough right. to make the playoffs, you're probably good enough to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. And, and, and he made the playoffs so all the time with the, the Eagles, and, and now he's and done it with the Chiefs. What, five out of six years with the Chiefs, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like it's, it's sort of that um, – LeBron James, you know, oh, he's lost in the finals X number of times. Well, he's getting there. So would it be better if he had only gotten to the finals three times and won all three? Uh, no. I mean, you know, isn't the objective to get there? Yeah, you can't uh, win unless you're in the game. Right. You know, you know I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I mean, I just got through saying I hate Brady. But, you know, this notion of like, you know, well, Montana was undefeated in the Super Bowl, so he's great. So Montana wasn't trying all the other years that he didn't get to the Super Bowl. No, he was trying. He got beat before the Super Bowl. Um, you know, a couple times he didn't make the playoffs. Now Montana's an all timer. I'm not trying to diminish him, but like, who cares that he was four and zero? Well, and it's, great, if that if that is your criteria, I agree with you. It's it's a misguided criteria. You're, yeah. You know, it's one thing, and I think it's fun. You know, I thought it was more fun before Super Bowl Thirty Two, but it's fun when you see like. <laughs> Super Bowl records, and I like that the Packers were unbeaten in the Super Bowl. I like that right. they, you know, now have well, their four titles. I had titles. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I had the same thing with the Spurs. You know, the Spurs went the first four times they went to the finals, they won. And they went through that lull there, you know, toward the end of Duncan's years. And it was like, well, if they never get back, God, they went 4 Well, then they got back in 2013 and they lost. And they ended up winning again the next year, which made it easier. But it's like, yeah, I'd rather have them be in the finals and lose than, than lose short of the finals. I mean, that's, that's the goal. And you're not going to win the title unless you're in the finals. You're not going to win the Super Bowl unless you're there. So, you know, yeah, I mean, the notion of like Andy, oh, Andy Reid's lost, you know, 13 playoff games. That means he's been to the playoffs 13 times. 14 now. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, is he is he Bill Belichick? No. But Bill Belichick might be the greatest coach ever. Well, and um, did he have Tom Brady? Right, no. exactly. You know, he didn't. I mean, he, he's had good teams. Um, but you know, it's, it hasn't quite happened for him and maybe it will, maybe it won't, you know, and maybe he's Bill Cowher. He's going to, you know, peck away and finally get one at the end, or maybe he's Marty Schottenheimer and he'll never get one. Uh, two really, really good coaches that got to the playoffs a bunch. Cowher finally won one, you know, a second to last year. Schottenheimer never did. 
Um, but you know, they're still pretty darn good coaches. And I mean, I think Andy Reid's probably a, a Hall of Fame coach. Um, I don't know if he'll go if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, but I think he certainly deserves consideration for that with what he's done for 20 years now. Um, and adapting. I mean, adapting. Like Andy Reid was West Coast offense. He was a Mike Holmgren disciple, and that's not what he runs at all now. And so you got to give him some credit for the ability to evolve. That he didn't, he didn't stay. You know, this is what I do, and you're going to do what I do. No, he's, he's, you know, he's he d- adapted his coaching style to the changing game. Yeah, it. The job that good coaches do is amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the longevity that they have. I mean, Belichick's defenses are are the version of Andy right. Reid's offenses. You know, it, they evolve. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's had. He's had defenses that have been, you know, based on a shutdown corner. Defenses that have had great pass rush. Uh, you know, they've had great strong linebacking play. core. Yeah, right. And, but, and, and he's done it where he's had to play Troy Brown on defense. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is it is impressive, and and I mean, you can't. I I hate the Patriots. You know that it's well established to you know over the years that you and I have talked sports, but you do have to respect their consistency and their ability to change their stripes you know they've they've won with defense oriented teams they've won with uh, you know tom brady throwing 50 touchdowns um they've they've won with good running games they've won with non-existent running game uh you know i mean they they are very impressive in their ability to evolve and you know the chiefs have done that under andy Reid. i mean he's he's run a different style especially this year now with mahomes i mean that that bears very little resemblance to what he did with the eagles um, you know, and to be able to win with, you know, three pretty different style quarterbacks in McNabb. Uh, I mean, you throw in Mike Vick because he was there with mm-hmm. Mike Vick and then Alex Smith, and then, you know, so four really different style quarterbacks is pretty impressive. No, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but boy, I'd rather have him than maybe, you know, 20 plus other coaches that are currently in the league because I, I know with Andy Reid, I'm going to have a chance. And a lot of coaches I don't know that about. Digressing briefly on the four quarterbacks you named, how close would you say any of them are? Is Alex Smith, Mike Vick, the closest of the combos of what they did, um, or I McNabb mean, maybe, and Smith? Maybe, maybe, maybe Vick McNabb. I mean, Vick was certainly a better runner, but McNabb, you know, in his younger days, was was a really good runner. He never had the unbelievable athleticism that Vick had. I mean, very few guys ever have. But you know, before before the injuries, McNabb could run a lot. So probably to an extent, those, I mean, they all have commonalities. I mean, Alex Smith can move a little bit. He was a running quarterback in college. And Mahomes is, is a mobile quarterback. So they they have similarities, but certainly difference in their, you know, the way they the way they throw it, the way they play. I mean, Smith is, has always been a very conservative type of quarterback. Mahomes is as aggressive as it gets. You know, Vic is the, you know, long bombs and the big runs, but the, the downsides, too, that came with his game. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't know. That's a, I mean, probably Vic and McNabb, but still different in a lot of ways, I would say. Yeah, no, I agree. I just, as, as you were I saying mean, that, uh, you know, you could pull a common trait, the Venn diagram, there's very little yeah, that all four yeah. of them did. Well, and then you throw in two, um, one year they went to the playoffs with Jeff Garcia mm-hmm. and McNabb got hurt halfway through the year. So he's, he's taken five different starting quarterbacks to the playoffs 
and won games. And Jeff Garcia won a game that year. I guess Bick didn't. The year they went to the playoffs, they, they got beat in the first. But, um, you know, I mean, five different starters to the playoffs is pretty impressive um, to, to be able to do that. How many how many coaches can say that? I, I don't know. I, I'd be willing to bet not many. Yeah. Maybe Bill Cowher. You know, they, the Steelers had a revolving door quarterback there over the years um, and before Roethlisberger, but, but not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, you know, Belichick's great. He's also had a great quarterback his entire time. You could say the opposite. Brady's great. He's had a great head coach the whole time. That that stability makes a difference, and Reed hasn't had that kind of stability. Very few guys get that. I mean, that's, that's almost unprecedented. Yeah, seriously. So... I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm, I'm taking both home teams. I, uh, I mean, for me, as we get to the Final Four, I would be content with any of the three except New England. You know, I, like, if the Rams won the title, I, I wouldn't be upset. Um, I, I suppose I'm, you know, root for the Saints primarily. They were my preseason pick, and my dad's a Saints fan, so, I, you know, it'd be, I guess they'd be my pick. But if the Chiefs or Rams won, I wouldn't be upset by it. Your Super Bowl winner, you have to I'm pick still, a new one. I, I, I'm still going to Orleans. <laughs> Man, all right. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you know, why, uh, you know, I, I pick Saints Chargers. Well, that's not going to happen. But this, but I pick the Saints to win, and and you know, as long as they're in, uh, I'm going to ride with them. Same same rationale I used for picking Clemson over Alabama when we did that. Like, well, I picked a preseason, and they haven't done anything to dissuade me. So why why change now? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna mix it up. Pick Kansas City just because okay. you know just right, just yeah, to hey, be I, different. Because like I, I said, I'm going with my uh, with my uh, talking head idea of I'm just gonna pick different winners and different things <laughs> so that I can point no to the one what. where I'm right. Right, right, yeah. And then just ignore all the other ones. Of I course, know. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm anxious to see what happens this weekend. Obviously, I mean we're we're at the we're at the closing stretch now. Three more real meaningful football games. You know, four if you want to count the Pro Bowl, but it's not real or meaningful. <laughs> and then that's it until you know August. So gotta gotta savor these last ones because it's gonna be six months. Unless you're watching the AAF, which I will, but you know it's not going to be quite the same. I'll, I'll watch the Hot Shots. I'll, I'll check I out am, the I'm, I'm former watch, Sun yeah, Devils. I mean, Mike Vick, uh, assistant coach for Atlanta, there in the AAF. I'm going to, you know, I mean, we're talking about him. Some some names out there. Former Sun Devil uh, head coach slash Hall of Famer Dennis Erickson, coaching in the league. So you know, there's there's some interest out there. Now we have briefly touched on the whole Kyler Murray stuff before, but yeah. but let's go into Kyler Murray declared for the NFL draft, which will make our annual quarterback discussion <laughs> much more interesting than it otherwise right. would have been. Um, he can pull out of the draft. I believe the deadline is tomorrow. Tomorrow. I don't expect him to. I, I, mean, I don't see why he would. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, this is his leverage. I mean, you know, so yeah, it's it's tomorrow that he has a deadline, but I think he's he's pretty much uh, into the draft. And then the question is, Major League Baseball or the NFL? The only thing this this rules out is going back to Oklahoma, which was a very minute possibility anyway. And Oklahoma made sure to slam the door yeah. and bolt it shut uh, today <laughs> as Jalen Hurts is 
trip through the transfer portal yeah. uh, has yeah. concluded with uh, with a stop in Sooner Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, we'll we'll talk about that. But what's what's on your mind, re Kyler Murray? I I just think that because he has the ability to do this, I'm glad he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, baseball's uh, labor union is strong. The NFL's is not. Not as. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and this is a chance for him to do an NBA type power move. You know, sure. he he can parlay this probably to dictate what NFL team he wants to go to. Yes, he I, can. I, yeah. I, I would not be surprised to hear him say, you know, sort of a la Elway or Danny Ainge. Uh, well, if you if you take me. I'm going to a different sport. Right. I don't right. have to be here and I'm not going to be here. Right. If you right. do this. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the next, the next sort of, uh, you know, meeting point or decision point for him is the start of spring training, but I'm not even sure that's that much of a point. Cause I mean, are the A's, the A's don't appear to be ready to play hardball with him. And so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think the A's want him, enough that they may indulge him and say okay you know do what you have to do and if you want to come back to us in april come on back you know we'll we'll get you to extended spring training to get you some at bats and and then you know we'll put you in single a or whatever it may be um i don't think you know i i bet you he can work it out with them of hey you know i'm still still thinking about it haven't ruled you out and push this all the way till the draft basically and see where he goes and and at that point then he's probably got to make a decision because I don't see an NFL team taking him in the first round without a firm commitment that you're going to be here in, you know, in May when the rookies report and through the offseason and there's not going to be any of this back and forth stuff. Well, I, I think that the A's twofold. One, it's an awful lot of money they paid him. You know, they went above slot to try to sign right. him and they'll right. get that back. And they're a franchise that's always keen on sure. finances. So I think there's sure. something to that. But but I also think, to your point, he's not going to be a major leaguer this year anyway. No. So no. if he goes and plays half a year, you know, in you know because he misses time in spring training right. and they ease him in, okay, you right, know, right, yeah, you, you send yeah, him to yeah. winter ball somewhere and yeah. you make up the yeah. time. He becomes your, you know, basically your draft pick from this year, which you know, like if you take a guy out of college. You know, they, they don't they get a half a season of minor league ball from July through the end of August. Not even, you know, not even a half a season, really. I mean, if you sign in July, you're getting maybe six, seven weeks. And, and then you send him to the fall league or something like that. You know, you could continue to get him opportunities through the offseason. But, you know, I think they're willing to wait. It seems like they don't they don't seem to be. I mean, I think. I think Kyler Murray knows that the you know the power is with him on both sides, as you said. He can dictate some of his NFL future, and I think you know he knows he's kind of got the A's over a barrel here. Um, you're right; they get the money back. They don't get the draft pick back though, and you know it is a, it is an organization that's built on you know draft and develop. They don't sign you know a lot of expensive free agents or really none. Um, Not and, everyone can you know, go they, out and sign Yasmani Grandal. That's, right, yeah. right. I mean, you know, they don't have that. They don't have that. They never have. Um, and and so, uh, they, you know, they don't get a compensatory pick if he doesn't play because he signed. You know, it's different than if you take a guy and, oh, he doesn't sign or you get a, you know, an end of the first round makeup pick. They don't get that. 
Um, so, you know, they're, they're willing to wait it out, I think, to hope that, that they get him. They put a lot of investment into him as far as resources go and a top 10 pick when, let's be honest, he wasn't supposed to be a top 10 pick. I mean, that caught everybody by surprise that he went as high as he did. And so they went out on a limb and I don't think they're willing to push him off that limb till they get forced to, or he takes himself off that limb. I mean, I think he's got them waiting. You know, he holds the cards on both sides right now. Yeah, it's it's really quite something. Um, it is. I don't remember a player in this position. There's not a comparable scenario in our lifetime, and maybe ever. Um, I mean, you know, the the one that people compare it to a little bit is Charlie Ward. Um, but you know, Charlie Ward didn't have guaranteed money from the NBA at the point of the NFL draft. Now he ended up getting picked in the first round and, you know, had a, had a really solid NBA career, a decade plus. Um, but you know, he didn't have anything in hand. Now he basically told the NFL, Hey, if I'm not picked in the first round, I'm going to play basketball. And, and he wasn't picked in the first round. They didn't get picked at all because no one wanted to waste a pick. Um, but this is different. I mean, he's, he's got a bird in the hand. Yeah. And, and it's, now he and, can, you know, I know that we always talk about like these large, laughable sums of money, but four point yeah. six six million dollars is life changing. That yeah. you know, that's oh, yeah. you're done. You don't have to do any more. And you if don't you need live, to if you save it well, yeah. yeah exactly. If you yeah. live responsibly, right, right. Yeah. I could if someone gave me that much money right now, I'd never work again. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd walk away tomorrow, and I that'd be it. Uh, you know, I'd maybe do some you know part time work just for fun, but. I'd be done with full-time work. So, yeah, it's not bad, but, boy, if you got the opportunity, I mean, if he's a top 15 pick, you can make four times that. And so, you know, you you uh, you know, you know, see what you got, and you go through the process, and, you know, he can handpick the process. He doesn't have to go to the combine. He certainly doesn't have to work out at the combine. I mean, you know, these they, they pressure these guys into you got to work out. Eh, he doesn't have to. He can go and do interviews and say, nah, I'm not doing it. I'll do what I want. You know, uh, if I don't want to run the 40, if I don't want to throw, I'm not going to. Because if you don't take me, I can always fall back on baseball and my $4 million. Yeah. It, it's a it's a great position to be in. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you know, I, I'm uh, not the biggest fan of the kid because he went to Oklahoma. But other than that, I got nothing against him. And, you know, I, I don't blame him at all. I mean, this is the smart move. He hasn't hasn't declared one way or the other. All, like I said, all he's done is close the door and going back to Oklahoma, which I know there was some rumblings of that, you know, for the last couple of weeks, but realistically, I, you know, that's where the A's would have gotten upset. Like, Hey, we're not paying you to, you know, go sacrifice your body again for another year. And then he's not getting paid and you go back and you have it, you know, you don't have as good a year or something. And then all of a sudden your first round pick becomes a fourth round pick you know, you misplay your hand there. So this is the logical move, and and we'll see where it goes the next three months or so, probably. Well, let's turn and talk about Oklahoma now. Uh, we need to come up with: is it transfer portal season? Is it? Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's you know, today was a big day. If you were you know, if you wanted to align the, the chess pieces at quarterback in the last couple of days, uh, you know, Hurts and. Brandon Wimbush and Tate Martell and Austin Kendall and yeah, it's it's been busy these last uh, twenty four to forty eight hours. A lot of a lot of you know pieces falling into place, I guess, from the transfer portal. Yeah, so let's start with Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler, their only quarterback signee. 
Uh, yeah. Somebody surfaced a quote from him on uh, yeah. New Year's Eve day where he said that he had talked to Coach Riley and yeah. Coach Riley wasn't going to bring in another quarterback. Right, right. And Coach Riley brought in another quarterback. He, he brought, brought in a quarterback. a quarterback that yeah. has won 26 games as a starter. Right, right. Um, now, I do think scenario the scenario at that time was Justin Fields. And Justin Fields, of course, is going to be a true sophomore. And so the you know the feeling is, well, if you're bringing in Justin Fields, you know you're bringing him in to start for a couple of years, and and then you know guys aren't patient anymore. They don't they don't wait more than a year. It seems like this is oh this is a one year. I mean, Hertz has one year of eligibility, and that's it. And Rattler's not there yet. You know, he's not enrolling in the spring. He's playing basketball here in, in Phoenix for his high school, so he's not getting there until the summer. So the odds of him winning the job as a freshman weren't great so this is i mean if you're an oklahoma fan you gotta like the scenario you get a pretty darn good player for a year and then you know hopefully rattler's ready as either a redshirt freshman or a sophomore depending on how much he plays next year yeah and i expect that will be what we see um i think so i mean hertz isn't going there to ride the pine if he wanted that he could have stayed at alabama um, you know, so it's it's his job unless he gets hurt or struggles mightily. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. I mean, that that is a a different offense, obviously, than than what he ran at Alabama, especially when he was the starter. Yeah, you um, got to pass. You do, you do, yeah. And, and he showed some improvement as a passer this year, but limited. We you know we didn't see it on a on a regular basis. He only played you know really one game of meaningful snaps, and he played well in that fourth quarter three drives you know that there wasn't a whole lot of sample size there to see how good is he under pressure as a passer the the answer at Alabama was not great but you know maybe maybe the improvement he's made and you know Lincoln Riley's done pretty well coaching quarterbacks obviously so far in his career that you know maybe he could get the most out of him and maybe next year we're talking about Jalen Hurts as a first round pick and you never say never Uh, I don't think we would have guessed Kyler Murray would be in that conversation but here he is yeah uh, other moves, you know, you mentioned Justin Fields. We found out that yeah. he's gonna Ohio State. Yeah, that he's gone. He's going to Ohio State. Yeah, um, yeah, trying to get eligible right away, and and it appears uh, he chased off Tate Martell, uh, who, who wound said, up now you know, in Miami. Now at Miami, who a couple weeks ago said, "Why would I leave for somebody who hasn't been here? I'm not going anywhere." Well, he went somewhere. He's gone, and he's and he's going to try to get immediately eligible too. So, you know, stay tuned for the drama on that, like Shea Patterson last year. Who knows when we'll – I know Justin Fields' attorney says they're going to have an answer in a few weeks, but I heard that last year about Shea Patterson. So yeah. I'll believe that when I see it. Brandon Wimbush left Notre Dame yep. uh, to go to, go to UCF, UCF, which, which – is a good spot. Big move, for, uh, big move for UCF too. It is. You know? It is. I mean, that's a, that's a good, logical marriage. Um you know, they have, they run an offense where the, the quarterback's going to run it a fair amount, and that's what he's best at. And obviously it's not likely. I know they've left the door open, but not likely that Milton's going to be ready to play next year. I know they say he's coming back for sure, but I can't imagine he's going to be ready to play in 2019, uh, if ever. So it's a good spot for him to go and, you know, be a one-year guy potentially in a, in a pretty, you know, friendly offense. And then, you know, if Milton's healthy again, maybe he can come back in 2020 and be the guy again. 
Meanwhile, Oklahoma let another quarterback go, although they're not without not without controversy. <laughs> right, right. So, After a day of public shaming, they they relented apparently. Yeah. Well, it, it, and it's a valid point. You're oh, in the market trying to valid. get a quarterback. And then you're trying to block your other quarterback from leaving? You could be more hypocritical. Not to mention that three years ago, they were beating the drum of, you know, it's not fair that Baker Mayfield's being punished for transferring in conference. They, you know, we need to give him another year of eligibility. And now, all of a sudden, they want to use the conference transfer rules to their advantage. Yeah, that was that was utter crap. And, and I'm glad the public shaming happened, and I'm glad that they relented. Um, you know, yeah, you're going to go get a transfer, then this kid should be able to go. He's a grad transfer. Good for him. Then he should be able to take advantage. And now he ends up at West Virginia, logically the, the replacement, I guess, for Will Greer. So, you know, the, the musical chairs are starting to get filled up. There's still a few guys out there, but, uh, you know, starting to, start to settle in. We kind of know where guys are going to end up, at least some of the most high-profile guys, it seems like. Um. You know, and then I guess to to turn the corner on the college to ASU football, uh, Doug Haller came out with his opening suggested mm-hmm. potential offensive depth chart depth for chart. spring ball, which starts yes. you know soon, yeah, you, only soon. a few uh, weeks, two and a half weeks, I think. Yeah, first week, first full week of February. Yeah, spring game on February twenty eighth. Which is crazy that we will we will it effectively is. wrap up spring ball before, before March. the basketball season ends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and before most teams start. Um, but yeah, and I I saw Haller decline to go. You know, hot take and pick a QB starter. Probably smart. This is why we like Haller because he doesn't do stuff like that. But although he did recognize know, what we had talked about, which is yes. the hype is on Daniels. It is. It is. I, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very clear that the fact they went to get him when they already had the two guys in the fold, the fact that getting him, basically Herm Edwards has conceded now, you know, before he fully committed, and now in that interview that Hallard, you know, posted earlier this week, I think, that that took them out of the transfer market. Like, you get the feeling he is the favorite. But we, as we've said, we've been here before. We've had this scenario before. Where it's like, well, this guy's going to win the job. Just, just wait. It doesn't always happen like that. Well, and I think there's also something to be said about you know the the lack of confidence in DSC. And I, I thought it oh, was yeah. nice that Haller, met, you know, said it looks like he's trying to take over the quarterback room. Yeah. He's really trying to establish you know that he's a leader, and yeah. that's great. I don't think he's going to win the job. I, I, I'm not know. sure either. I mean, I think uh, I think we know, have two you, quarterbacks plus whatever's going on with uh, Ryan. With Ryan Kelly. Yeah, but uh, I, I think. I mean, I, I texted you last week with all the transfer portal stuff, and I said, you know, by March first, will we have a quarterback in the transfer portal? And you made a fair point. It'll probably be a lot sooner than that. And so I said, yeah, we should probably make it February first, and that's. That's maybe too early. We don't start spring ball yet, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if by week two of spring practice, one of these guys is gone. And, and uh, you know, Sterling Cole is probably the most logical because he's the guy who's been here the longest. And if, and if things aren't going well for him early, he might just hightail it out of here. But it was interesting what Haller said. I mean, I, I did take note of that little sentence about, you know, he's really tried to take ownership of the team and, 
Um, you know, maybe he's taking the step forward, at least off the field, that they've wanted. Because they um, they definitely were sending messages to him last were. year that t- he wasn't yeah. living up to their expectations. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there was no there was no overpraise of him certainly um, you know it wasn't like oh we got a great backup and and he's going to be ready at a moment's notice it was you know well we're not sure who the backup is and uh, we're going to play him in the bowl game then he didn't play in the bowl game and you know so yeah i mean the the public utterances didn't inspire a lot of confidence and so we'll see i mean i, I don't expect him to be the starter he wasn't recruited by the staff and he hasn't really shown a lot, uh, you know, from the little bits we've seen and, and, you know, the things we've heard. So it seems unlikely, but, you know, maybe he will. Maybe the light will come on for him and he will be the guy. And we'll be surprised. Again, you, you never know with a, with a quarterback battle, especially when basically none of them have played much, if at all. I mean, he's the only one who's got any game reps and they aren't very many. And they're two years old. Two years old, right. Yeah, I mean, this year he played in two games and threw, but two passes or something like that. So Completing the year before he didn't play at all. Right, right. You know, so it's been a while under a completely different staff, different offense, different head coach. Uh, so hard to read too much into that. And you got these three freshmen. And it appears to be, you know, among those four, um, again, I guess Ryan Kelly, gosh, uh, as long as he's on the roster, I, I suppose we still have to factor him in. But that's, you know, it's probably only worthy of like, a, oh, yeah, Ryan Kelly. I don't think he's going to be able to play maybe ever here. Who knows? Yeah, the, I mean, the mystery surrounding a, his injury is I weird, think that but. a fair over-under bet is 0.5 more passes <laughs> than you threw as a <laughs> Sun Devil. Yeah, right now I'd bet under. Uh, hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I don't know – I mean, again, the way they've described his injury, you know, it sounds like it was just horrible. Um, and, you know, then you bring in these three freshmen and it kind of like the door closes on you, basically. Yeah. Um, so we'll one, see. We'll see. It'll I was going to say, it'll the, be fun here the next few weeks. The one thing I, I took away from that that I really liked receiver is going to be a question mark. You know, we know mm-hmm. those guys, but. There are a lot of offensive line guys who got meaningful reps this year. There are. Back. There are. I agree. I mean, I looked at that, you know, too deep that he listed, and almost every one of those guys played this year, um, you know, and, and a lot of them started games this year. So, yeah, I mean, you, you hope that that experience and the fact that the, the coaching staff group that was coaching the line, you know, apparently is going to be the same group. I, there was some rumblings, you know, last year that Christensen would only coach one year and that Mawai would take over, and maybe that will still happen. But right now it appears you know, they're both in the fold. So, um, it, you know, it's it's good to have that consistency and guys back, and that will be big. I mean, the, the, the best thing you could give a new starting quarterback is a good offensive line. And if we can have that, that's a, that's a huge help because that's also going to help run the ball. And, you know, Herm has made no secret about it. We want to be a running team. We have a great running back. We had a great year this year. Um, so, you know, everything's going to start there. Sounds cliche, but it's true. It all starts with that group. And if they're good, the offense should be pretty good. And if they're not, there's going to be some bumps. Yeah. Speaking of bumps at ASU, um, and I'm not talking about Michael Crow's full-throated support of Larry Scott oh, that came God, out. Oh, God, yeah, you read that? Yeah, did not yeah. enjoy it, 
but I read it. No, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but ASU basketball stumbled again. I know. Yeah. I know. Split same, another same, weekend. Same script. Yeah, yeah. Just too much, too much roller coaster. When we get to Pac-12 play, it's just this year is feeling very similar to last year. Except it's, it's we didn't yet, go undefeated, and we didn't. Right, right. You know, but kind of, kind of just a similar feel of you know, good non-conference. We had some highlight wins. Everybody's feeling really good, and then, and then we get into conference play, and it's just it's like this team has become something different. All of a sudden, you know, the the ability to to you know put teams away isn't there now. To be fair, this team wasn't as impressive in the non-conference season as last year's team. Not only just not undefeated, but some of the wins were not overwhelmingly good. Um, but still, you know, I mean, I, I remember sitting outside there, you know, outside Wells Fargo with you after the Kansas game and saying, you know, gosh, we doesn't even feel like we played that well. We didn't play a perfect game by any means. We, we beat Kansas. It's like, my man, this gives you such great hope because we won't play a team as good as Kansas the rest of the year. <laughs> I don't think we will, but yet we aren't able to, to do what we did against them uh, on any kind of consistent basis, it appears. Yeah. I mean, look, we this is the fear, and we talked about it after the opening weekend. Of, right. You know, Bobby Hurley has not had a strong conference here no. since he came here. No, no. And this is a down conference, and we are, you know, I, I think you can say that a trend of Hurley teams is we play to our competition. Yeah, and concerning. And that when we play good teams like Nevada is good, uh-huh, and when we play uh-huh. bad teams like Princeton and Utah, it's Stanford bad. Stanford and Utah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Stanford is not a good team. It's not, you know, they were zero and three in the conference. I mean, they're they're not horrible, but they're they're not that good. And and you know, and we got totally outclassed. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't close in the second half. We were down by two at the half, and and then it just got further and further away from us throughout the half. And I think lost by fourteen. Um, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it, it really defies logic that you see. You know, we've played so well in the non conference season against tough schedules. I mean, what one of the themes of the last two years when we've looked ahead is like, boy, we've scheduled tough and, uh, you know, probably going to be some, some, you know, difficult performances. And last year, of course, there were none this year, you know, aside from that Princeton game, really no major concerns. We, you know, we, we lost the game at Vandy, but you know, that's a road game. We lost to Nevada. That's a top 10 team. Um, you know, felt pretty good. And then you get into PAC 12 play where the conference isn't even that good. And you think, you know, well, now it should be, you know, sliding downhill and it's just the opposite. Yeah, we can't get we can't string together two wins. And it's no, I don't I don't understand it. I'm I'm baffled as to how to explain it when, you know, you've gone 21 and three in non-conference play the last two years. And now you're, you know, what, 10 and 13 against conference opponents. That just doesn't make sense to me because this is I mean, we're, we're far from. The 2008-2009 run of you know Pac-10 basketball, where you know nine and nine in the conference was, was a tremendous accomplishment because you were playing good teams every weekend. That is far from the case right now. Yeah, no, this is this is bad. Yeah, and I just I don't get it. I really don't. I, I, I mean, if if you asked me how to explain it, I couldn't do it. it. It's one of those things where we need to bust off like 
12 straight wins yes. to like yes. fix this. Yeah. I mean, and I have start, no confidence that two. we can bust off three. Right. We need, we need to start with two, a weekend, a, a weekend sweep, which, you know, I, I probably foolishly last week said, you know, well, Oregon State was beat Oregon State. Oregon State's three and all in the conference. I mean, they, they come in better than Oregon. Um, and so, you know, I, we shouldn't take that game for granted. They've started off well in conference play, at least, certainly better than we have. Uh, you know, swept the L.A. schools last weekend. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, but we, we got to start with two. And then we got to add two more. And, you know, I mean, if we can if we can win, you know, three, four, five in a row, then we got something. But, yeah, you, you just, you know, you got to string them together. And that has not happened. I mean, even the two in a row that we had, we, we were unimpressive against Cal and found a way to win. But that's one of the worst teams in the conference. So it's great that we won. But then we follow it up with another unimpressive game and a loss. Yeah. No, it's it's bad. It, it's yeah. it's really concerning, and and it's funny because we yo-yo between, or I I shouldn't say we. I'm not going to speak for you. I yo-yo between. Man, I hope Bobby Hurley doesn't go to Duke. And why in the world would Duke hire Bobby Hurley? <laughs> no, I agree. I mean. There, there is a good point to that. I mean, you know, the UCLA opening, of course, you know, brought up, you know, well, they could go get Bobby Hurley. And then, you know, people make the point. It's true. What has he done? What what actually has he accomplished yet? I mean, you know, yes, we've won some, some games. But like I said, you know, a couple weeks ago, winning one game over Kansas is not the stuff that banners are made of. It's great. To, you know, it's a great memory. Uh, both of those games, especially the one here for you and I as fans, but you know you have to you have to accomplish something. And right now, accomplishing something would be finishing in the top three of the conference. We haven't done that, yeah. much less win the conference, which was very doable this year. But we're we're watching it slip away. Well, and it's a, a somewhat clear indictment of Hurley how well Buffalo has played after yeah. he left. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I look. I like the guy, and I and I'm not, um, and I don't think you are either. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not at the point of saying, you know, oh, he's a, you know, he's going to be a bust. He's a failure. You know. Oh, uh, I'm not saying he's got to go. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is the the off season. <laughs> the off season is great. Right. The in season has left much to be desired. It has. Every year. It has. Yeah. I mean, it is It is time to start doing it. It's year four. And and we're in a weak conference. And this is all his team. I mean, that, that's the thing. Last year, you could say, well, you know, yeah, okay, this is a guard-oriented team. And, and, you know, two of these guys he didn't bring in. And eh. Well, this is all his team. There's no one left from the Herb years. He brought these guys in. He sent guys out that were here before and that, you know, I, that's fine. But now it's time to start doing it. Cause if not now, when and it kind of becomes that sort of, you know, it's like, uh, like what you heard about, you know, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, if not now, when, well, you know, you start asking that question and I'm not going to give up if it's not this year, because there will be a next season as there is with Michigan football and Notre Dame football and et cetera. But, you know, at some point you got to break through and, this felt like the year to do it, and it still might be, but it's feeling unlikely. Yeah. I think Dort will come back. So far, yeah. I mean, who knows, though? That's the tricky thing about basketball. Is like, 
It's yes, talent. Shown some, <laughs> it is. It's talent because yeah, he's shown some rust and and well, not rust, some 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 weak problems and flaws. Yeah. But but I think you know the feeling if you're that kind of prospect is I'm gonna get drafted even if I get drafted in the second round or I go undrafted. I'm gonna start making money. I'm gonna go to the you know to the G League or whatever and start the con- you know start the clock toward being able to make more money. And so I don't know. I mean, you know, the NBA is going to like him because of his body type, because of the way he plays. Uh, I, I'm not sure that, you know, his struggles are going to be enough to say, well, I need another year of college. I hope so, because, you know, the, the old school mentality of looking at basketball players would be, yeah, he needs another year of college. But that seems to be changing. Yeah. Maybe it's already changed, I should say. Well, hopefully they can do something this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's only the third weekend. We're two and two, um, so nothing has been lost. I mean, you know, we can certainly still win the conference. It's all still out there, but there's just there's going to be a, a huge need for a sea change from what we've seen the last three weeks. And really, in all honesty, what we saw in the non-conference season too. I mean, some of these red flags were there in non-conference play as well, but they've certainly been more exposed the last three weeks since that Kansas game. Hmm. That is a very strong agreeing mm-hmm from me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, something's got to give, uh, you know, and just more consistency. I mean, and, you know, I talked last Thursday night about how it seemed like Remy Martin had come into his own. He played two good games in a row, and then he lays a huge egg there against Stanford. You know, so it's just stuff like that that leaves you scratching your head. Like, man, you know, where's the consistency? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, you know, is Cheatham distracted by, you know, by the death in his family? It's I mean, entirely it possible, could. but, sure. you know. But he played well. Yeah, I mean, but he was, the, like, he was the good bright spot right, in that game. Right, I mean, it'd be one thing if he was, you know, he played, you know, 10 minutes and was 0 for 6 from the field. And you say, well, geez, that's a tough situation. He played fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, the, it's the rest of the team that. That really didn't, you know. Dort had a good first half, and then gets in foul trouble, and pretty much does nothing the second half. Martin had a, a poor game, you know. It's been it's been really roller coaster for him this year. I mean, he's had some really good moments and some games where it's like, where is he at? Is he even is he even there tonight? Uh, you know, I know he well, was hurt and, to start, but that that excuse has to run out eventually. And we just haven't had a game where it was like, wow, all all five guys were no. clicking. You know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lawrence, you know, Lonnie Lawrence got off to a great start. He's kind of tailed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just been one of those, you know, Romello White had a really good game. What was it against um, against Utah? I think wasn't it, in the mm-hmm. loss. Um, but then he's kind of, you know, faded at times. I mean, it, it just it kind of seems like a team without an identity. And halfway through the season, that shouldn't be the case. And, and you know, we're more than halfway through the season now. If you're looking for something to do, especially if uh, the weekend for ASU basketball doesn't go well, uh, go to the Tucson Jazz Festival. It's going to be very lovely. And on Monday, it's free concerts all day downtown. So, there you, uh, go. you know, if if my dad was listening to this, he'd appreciate the plug. <laughs> um, there's no, there's a 0.0% chance that he hears this. He's made it this far. Okay. okay. But, uh, yeah, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.